All About the Gut, a woman's health journey, a life-changing discussion, discovering alternatives to traditional medication, adopting a healthy lifestyle, and finding out that it is, in fact, all about the gut. My name is Liz Antonia Thomas, and I'm a filmmaker, writer, director of articles, poetry and theatre. But today I'm with a very special person, Dr. Samantha Wellaby, GP, nutritionist, lifestyle medicine specialist, yoga therapist and meditation facilitator. Now, this podcast is called It's All About the Gut and Other Things. And I met Sam Wellaby at yoga school many years ago. I have a condition called rheumatoid arthritis and Sam would say to me, it's all about the gut. I'd walk past and I'd go, what? What's she talking about? And I was baffled. I had no idea. There was no correlation. How can it be about the gut? It's about my joints. No one's told me about the gut. I had no idea. But Sam persisted and I was fascinated by it. And, I, and in the end, I had a long chat on the phone. You need to find a nutritionist and a doctor. So eventually I found one and my diet was tweaked. So I had quite a good diet. I'd done lots of research. And my condition was managed. And I stopped lots of the medication because it was... Um, and I'm not telling anyone to stop their medication because I wouldn't advise that because when you're in pain, you need whatever you can. And it's a personal choice. I wouldn't ever tell somebody that they cannot, um, you know, shouldn't be taking drugs. It's a personal choice. But Sam really helps me because I then changed my diet. Um, obviously, I was on the verge of celiac, so I couldn't eat wheat and gluten, although sometimes I do sneak a little bit in, and sugar, which is awful, which causes so much inflammation. And Sam... When you told me to meet, uh, find a doctor and a nutritionist, I did. Sam was brilliant because the doctor said to me, it's all in your gut, <laughs> same as Sam did. And I was like, unbelievable, this is real. And he'd look at me and he went, it's all about your gut. Just the same as Sam did. And I thought, well, why? Because the gut and the brain are connected and whatever, if you've had a bit of trauma stress, um, lifestyle choices. Um, sometimes we hold everything in our body. I learned so much. So then I changed my diet and then I went away to somewhere very hot and I was eating lots of fish and really eating really well. And I could walk properly, which is great. And my whole body was different. And my mind, I wasn't stressed out or anything like that. And then I went to, when I came back from holiday, I went to the pain clinic because they'd booked me to see the pain clinic. And they said to me, it's amazing what you're doing. This is not going to change in the NHS for another 50 years. It won't actually land in the NHS for 50 years. And I said, what? They said, no, we're not ready for this now, but you are doing really well. Why don't you do a podcast? 
And here we are. And here we are, <laughs> Sam Willoughby, Dr. Sam Willoughby, who has been such an influence to me, an inspiration. You know, I have changed my diet, Sam, and you can talk about this a little bit more because I have completely changed my diet. I've reversed the sugar craving. I don't have sugar craving. I'd rather eat strawberry or something. I won't have, like, sweets. I won't, I'm terrified to eat sweet. And, you know, this is the beginning of my journey, and my life has completely changed. I was, I'd put on weight from the, from the medication. I stopped all that. I now do Pilates one-to-one. My life has completely changed. I, obviously, I've been meditating for a very, very long time. Um, and that really helps because I do think um, there is a correlation between a lot of stress and this condition or most conditions absolutely absolutely liz your your story is really a journey of understanding and how that understanding has empowered you this knowledge about the gut this knowledge about um really having good strategies to deal with the stress in our lives and making a concerted effort to support your body and take back some of that control over your own physical health when I know that when we're in a acute situation we're in a lot of pain then we we do reach out for help from our our doctors and and to reach out for that support which is great and it's great when that support is there and can help you but then we hope to get to a level where our symptoms are managed to a certain degree but then we realize that we can do something to help ourselves and I think my experience of using nutrition, using lifestyle factors to also support any, really any autoimmune or chronic disease, it allows us to take some control back. And that really helps us to kind of um, take on that responsibility for our own bodies. And we do it alongside the advice of our um, medical team. It's not something that we suddenly drop everything and go for diet only we we do it together and then we can take advice on reducing um, medication if that is necessary going forwards if that is possible going forwards but always under advice always um, with the support of your medical team and your story Liz really lets us see how interrelated the gut's health is with the whole system and how we can make choices that support our gut and in turn our whole body's health so we talk, when we talk about the gut, we're talking about the microbiome, which is this incredible network of microorganisms that populate our, our, our human body. You know, we're talking really about the digestive system. There are trillions of microbes here, both helpful and harmful. And we think when we make our food choices, we can support our gut microbiome. Um, and for every medical condition, especially those relating to pain and inflammation, there are foods and ingredients that help and those that hurt. Um, when it comes to rheumatoid arthritis, there are some interesting trends um, that have developed and are worth knowing about. Um, the following is a list of things that may exacerbate arthritis. And if you suffer from rheumatoid arthritis, it would benefit you to limit them or remove them from your diet for at least 30 days to see how you feel. Number one and two on the list are coffee and tobacco. And there is actually fairly good evidence um, about the benefits of removing these from a diet of someone who has 
a rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis. Or arthritis. Or arthritis. Or yeah. it's it's or any type of um This is quite specific to to rheumatoid arthritis, but I would say any inflammatory condition, really, caffeine is not brilliant. And tobacco itself. Caffeine. Yeah. And coffee itself can be, it's, things are often not black and white, but Mm. with rheumatoid, coffee and tobacco are Mm. two that have been shown to to perhaps increase inflammation in rheumatoid. So it's something to look at. And these don't have to be done overnight. Mm. Let's remind ourselves that we can take steps to gradually reduce. Um, uh, Sugar, as Liz said, sugar is a big one for um, exacerbating symptoms of arthritis. And I think that's not just rheumatoid. That is um, everything. Inflammatory conditions, conditions. full stop. Um, Except natural fruits. We're we're quite happy with sort of natural natural fruits. Like you said, strawberries, Mm. berries are great, actually. Um, Citrus can be quite... a bit a bit, bit much for inflammatory yeah. conditions um wheat corn and soy can exacerbate yeah animal protein can exacerbate dairy and vegetable oils so cheese i've never liked cheese even as a child and i think that's i mean i have it occasionally but it's i was always away from it like tomatoes i never liked as a child and I, and it's funny because it's obviously because that's also you know one of those things that can be exacerbating tomatoes yeah. aubergines those kinds of um potatoes potatoes love a roast potato but mm, yeah very hard, hard and if it sounds like there's a lot of things on this list and all oh, those are all my favorite things i would always say ask for help because there are trained nutritional Therapists, professionals who can help you and help you to find better alternatives, things that may not um, inflame your joints and and your system as much as some of these foods have a tendency to do. So just thinking about it. And as I said, coffee and tobacco are particularly high priority to think about um, removing from your diet because there has studies have shown a fairly clear connection between these two ingredients and rheumatoid arthritis. on the other hand, we have healing foods, of course, things that make us feel good, things that can help with the healing process and also um, reduce inflammation. For example, things that contain omega-3 fatty acids. So these are things like avocado. Oh, amazing. Amazing, delicious avocados. When they're um, in season, of course, but at the moment they're not that good, but hey. <laughs> they're still full of um, um of omega-3 fatty acids, really good anti-inflammatory oils, oily fish, fantastic. So that's um, it's usually small fish, so like sardines, mackerel, oh, yeah. salmon, also good. Yeah. Um, nuts and seeds also. Good, healthy sources of um, good oil. So healthy, healthy oils, healthy fats. Mm. Um, turmeric also is a yeah. big one that is a good anti-inflammatory if you can add if you like to cook curries if you want a slightly different exotic flavor and add that to your food um golden milk is another oh, drink that you can amazing. make you could look up a hundred different variations yeah. variations on the recipe for golden yeah, milk starnaise starnaise oh, delicious clove cloves um boiled up with some maybe coconut milk yeah. with a, a little bit of turmeric and just you know, simmered milk. on the on yeah. the hub, or almond milk or nut milk. Yeah, really delicious. It's so um, delicious. You know, maybe a little bit of honey if you like a little bit sweet. Clear fluids, of course, um, and prebiotics. Prebiotics being 
sort of more fibrous foods to help move the digestion along and support healthy gut processes by inducing the growth and activity of those really mm. beneficial gut bacteria. So those are really sort of basic recommendations for good healing foods to support your body as you're going through this process and as you are learning to um, live with it and minimise your symptoms as much as possible. I mean, the thing is, it's it's not it's easy said than done. It's taken a long time to yes. understand it and it's trial and error. So it's not one thing and you really have to wean yourself off, you know, sugar. Sugar's a big one. It's sugar a big, is a huge... In this culture, you know, we really are all Refined sugar addicts. sugar. It's yes. really difficult. And I think you have to... Then you understand it. And also the, the way you deal with stress. I think lots of people with... Um, uh, I was listening to something the other day and inflammatory, there's people who have trauma can cause an inflammatory condition. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's the stress of that the trauma. The stress of the trauma. Yeah. And if you don't deal with it, it's, it's, it's about managing it and it's learning how to. And you can't do this on your own. But people think you can because I've had people Absolutely. go, oh, just give up the drugs and it'll be fine. I mean, even my mum said, said to me, why are you taking all these drugs? And I really understand why she was saying that. But you, you have to understand yourself and you have to have support. You can't just... Yes, the support stop. is really important. You can't just stop just like that because it's a shock to the body and you have to know what you're doing. You and have you to have support. You don't want to stress your body out more no. by taking something away that's helping. Yeah, and it, well, it helps short term. It doesn't help long term. As I know, it does not. And, and the side effects are, are hideous. And, I mean, I was on methotrexate and I'd be in bed for three days. Mm. I'd be, I'd take the methotrexate on the Thursday, so Friday, Saturday and Sunday I might be in bed. I'd be in bed on the Thursday, Friday. It took me a long time to get, and then you start again and you have a few days off and you're back. It's, yeah, so that's hard. That's very, very difficult. That's and hard. lots of people have to deal with that. And, and you, yeah, you are walking around for a few days and managing, but you've got awful side effects. It affects your brain, it affects your mind, it affects your sleep pattern. You know, it's, I'm not telling people by doing saying this, I'm not saying that people should stop their drugs. This is this podcast isn't about that. This is about what other alternatives there are and how the correlation between the gut, brain, and the joints, how it all works. That's what this is about. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We can, we're going to be talking about this more in uh, the following podcast. But you know, if we can think about the gut as kind of one of the first barriers, you know, when we put anything, all of our diet goes, obviously goes through our digestive system. And our digestive system, if you think about it, is a connection with the outside world. You know, it's a tube. So it is a, our first line of defence from what we take in via our diet. So um, we really need to be thinking about what we are feeding our body. What is the fuel that we are giving to yeah, this so magnificent so. creation, this body that we have that is so complex, has so many complex processes going on. And we want to start looking at our mindset of, of what are we feeding this magnificent machine and how are we going to get it to run at its optimum? Even if we have a illness going on, a disease process going on, like rheumatoid, like any inflammatory process, how can we 
try and get our body back to a balanced situation by supporting ourselves with the best fuel that we can use. It's incredible because over the years I have learned there's so many different things and something else comes up and then there's a new thing. It's not new, actually they're not new things, they're ancient things like black seed oil is ancient um there's it's, something else comes up and that can help and it goes on and on there's all these different foods and it's incredible there's a, a it's a wealth of, of so much knowledge out there and there's so many practitioners and there's so much help and you cannot do this on your own i could not have done this on my own and i can also call my doctor anytime um, the one with the nutritionist and talk about, you know, he goes, don't forget it's about the gut. Because sometimes you just think it's not about the gut. You start thinking it's the, the knee or it's the elbow, it's the hand. It's actually your gut. And you have to remember that. And then when when you remember that it's about the gut, then you go, oh, okay. What did I eat yesterday? Mm, I can't have that. No, that's not good for me. And you ha it's trial and error. And it's noticing the correlation that when you start looking at your diet and adapting and maybe cutting out some of those things that may be doing you harm, maybe those coffees, maybe the wheat, the dairy, and noticing how your joints feel. Give it a bit of time. This is why I said try and, if you are going to exclude a couple of things, try for at least 30 days and see how your joints feel and bring in that awareness. Yeah. Doing this, bring in the awareness. How are my joints feeling? What are my hips doing today? What's my elbow doing today? Mm. It's been three weeks and I've not had a coffee. What, you know, what is the feeling? Because we need to link consciously the improvement with the change in diet, because that's what's going to motivate you to keep going with it. And I definitely think if there's a process like rheumatoid going on, having the support of a, a doctor and or nutritional therapist will be really beneficial for you. And, and it really, I can't tell you how empowering it is for the patients that I've worked with that actually noticing that difference when you make what might be actually quite small changes to your diet. I remember, Liz, when we spoke, when we first met, you kind of said, well, I've got a pretty good diet, actually. Thank you very much. You know, yeah, I just eat fish and, yeah. <laughs> and, and you probably did, but there, mm -hmm. there may be some key things that you don't realise. Oh, I didn't have caffeine. I couldn't have caffeine. Right. Um, caffeine for me is really too much. And I think that causes, I don't know what it is. I don't have caffeine. Yeah. Um, I don't have caffeinated tea i don't have caffeinated coffee i have coffee very occasionally very but it's decaffeinated coffee mm. and i have to it's like a treat so it'll be maybe once a month or something i'm like oh i fancy some coffee and maybe at the stage that you're at that you've been doing this for, for some time now that that's okay i think at the beginning we have to be a little bit strict with ourselves just to just to notice the benefit mm. you know and then to really um sort of acknowledge the benefit so that it motivates us to keep going with something and then you know maybe further on down the line you can have a treat of a, a decaf coffee you know every now and again so and now and again it really is now and again you can't have this all the time you yeah. really can't because i think it's it's too much of the system yeah and i think it, but it's learning to adapt and loving the food that you're having and making really nice food Definitely. It's totally about enjoying good food as yeah. well. I mean, this isn't going to work if you're if you're not enjoying your food. And and it's it's 
enjoying the food and recognizing that it is nourishing you, that it is supporting you, even as you go through a process like rheumatoid or similar and an inflammatory condition, but you're nourishing your body to really fuel this body, but not to inflame further. You know, it is a process of, of learning these things and supporting your body is an act of self-care and self-love as well. This is a really important point to realize. It's sort of taking the um, the reins as much as you can. You're still working with your medical team in terms of your medication, but you're taking some of the responsibility yourself to support your body in the best way that you can. Yeah, and I think that, I think it's scary. I didn't think it was easy, trust me. It was very scary at the beginning. So I thought, oh, I have to really change. And because you are, you rely on medicines, you know, allopathic medicine, we, we, you know, we're brought up to believe in that. Although in my culture, my family culture, my mum used to have turmeric when she'd fall over or something. They'd boil some fresh turmeric, rub it on her leg and it'll disappear. It was heal. And, you know, if you had a cold... Um, you'd rub coconut oil on your chest, put, pour it in your head, in your scalp. That cold would be gone the next day. So I grew up with that. So it wasn't too difficult for me. But it is scary, and I, and I understand people's fear when they go and you say, "Oh, you can try this or you can try that." They people are, t- are terrified because they're so used to allopathic medicines, mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Who knows? I don't know. It's, everyone's different. But people are used to having those medicines. But I think now it's beginning to realise, people are beginning to realise there are other alternatives. Not saying you can't take those medicines because it's a choice, but there are other alternatives that are less side effects. Well, there's compliment- or it's complementary. Complimentary. You know, so if you... You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be either or. It's, you know, you can have the best of both. And I think the trend these days is for people to um, really look at the whole picture, the whole body. So we're talking about, you know, it's all about the gut and other things. We're going to get on to other things in further podcasts. But um, really, the gut and what we put on our plate is so key that's the basic isn't yeah. it that is the basic that's the first thing. thing that's the first thing um and then the rest follows so take control of that i mean i've, I've learned to it was tough but i've learned to sort of have um i was doing it beforehand i was having boiled fruit in the mornings but obviously now fasting helps me quite a lot so um i'd have a fruit bowl, so I'd have things like pears, blueberries, um, and some seeds, different seedy things, and some kefir, coconut kefir, which is good for the gut, but a little bit because you can have too much probiotics. There's a balance, and everyone's different. And I, I've, I noticed that if I was having kombucha, oh, I was drinking it like pop. Uh, and yes. it made me, it, it actually flared me up. Yeah. So it's not a good idea. Yeah. I think 
things like probiotic foods are can be brilliant, but I would definitely go easy on them. So you, you mentioned to two there, kefir, and you can have non-dairy, like a coconut kefir, yes, which is a fermented milk drink. And um, also uh, the kombucha, which is a um, fermented tea, usually with maybe with some yeah. additional flavours in there. Um, can be really good for the gut, but I would definitely Too strong for me. just go easy and see how your body reacts. Yeah. We're all a little bit different and our tolerance can increase if we, you know, um, taking something regularly. But um yeah, we have to remember that we're all individuals, that it, it is a journey. This is definitely a um, not an overnight shift. It's something no, it's that takes overnight. a little bit of work. Yeah. Um, but it can be such an empowering and um, fulfilling journey to take back some of that. I think so. I think also it's a slow process. It's not it's not overnight. It's not an overnight job. <laughs> it really is a slow process. It really. But it's bit by bit. But it's it is bit by bit. It is satisfying. You know, it is worth oh, yeah. it. You know, and that's why we're here talking to you about the gut and other things, and we're excited to share more with you. Yeah, this is a really. This is. I mean, it's becoming more popular now because I'm seeing things. I saw an advert. I was watching something. I saw an advert. Gut something, gut for this, gut for that, and it's more things on YouTube about the gut. More, and it's coming out more on adverts for gut yogurts and gut this, and this is good for the gut. And I was like, oh, oh, it's slowly going to the mainstream, yes. seeping in. Probiotics, prebiotics, prebiotics. Pre <laughs> but the people have to understand that it's not the joint; it's the gut. Yeah, so the body is a whole system. The whole system. So we're going to support the whole body and yeah. we can start with the gut and then we will bring in other things. Yes. But we'll the gut is things. is a huge system. It's, an, it's a magnificent system and Incredible. it's one that we really need to look after, especially if there is an, um, a process going on that we are, an inflammatory process going on that we are, we are dealing with. It's incredible. It really is incredible. The body is very powerful and we're powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So... Thank you very much, Sam, and I'll see you for the next programme. Thank you so much. Thank you, Liz.